The Last Word with Matt Cooper. Today FM. It all happens here. Okay, Marion McKeown, what's the latest in relation to the investigation of the attack on the husband of House Speaker Nancy Pelosi? Um, hello, Matt. Yeah, today uh, he will be in court in, in um, San Francisco again. This will be for state charges. Uh, the federal case will be run separately. Uh, we've heard really chilling information about what he intended to do, that he arrived at the house. The police said it was a premeditated, it wasn't an impulsive uh, attack. Uh, he arrived with, with those plastic ties, with rope, with a, a second hammer. And he has told the police himself in, in interviews that his intention was to wait on until Nancy Pelosi got back from Washington, D.C., and to apparently interrogate her himself. And if he concluded that she was lying to him, he was going to smash her kneecaps with the hammers so that she would then have to be wheeled into the House of Congress. And that would be a warning to other people, basically. Uh, I'm unclear what warning he thinks will be, but but presumably to instill terror in other people. Uh, In the meantime, as we know, because she wasn't home, he uh, attacked her husband. He accosted him in his bedroom. He managed to get into an adjacent bathroom and, and called 911 from there. Uh, and the police arrived, but by then he, he had been hit with a hammer. He was hit with a hammer again in front of the police, uh, suffered a fractured skull and pretty severe injuries, I understand, to his right arm and his right hand. Uh, so the, the whole thing is truly shocking. We've been aware that violence is on the up the increase. Uh, the Capitol Police re- issued a report a while back saying the number of threats against um, congressional people, people serving in Congress, has raised up to 10,000 death threats they had received or threats of violence in the last year. Uh, they are very limited in what they can do with their budgets. Uh, but but this whole thing, as we go into the midterms, there's, it's really ratcheting up a sense of anxiety and tension. And, and for this to have happened, and more appallingly, the response from so many Republicans um, aside from a handful of leaders, uh, has been really chilling. And, well, and let me bring Cal Thomas yeah. in on that, because I know, Cal, you would be appalled at this, but there are so many Republicans who are either making a joke out of this or who are putting around false rumours and lies as to what actually happened. What do you make of that? Well, I am appalled by this, and I'm appalled by violence of any kind, Matt, whether it is uh, a Bernie Sanders supporter shooting Steve Scalise, the congressman, and trying to assassinate other Republicans on a baseball field in uh, northern Virginia a few years ago, Uh, whether it was the Puerto Ricans uh, shooting up the Congress and the Truman administration in the 1950s, whether it's the assassination of President Lincoln. This kind of stuff has been going on for a long time, but it's been exacerbated by social media, by cable television. And this guy was a nutcase. He's not, he was not part of any kind of normal political movement. He was a mentally ill, drug-addicted, illegal alien, nudist, who takes hallucinogens and lives in a hippie school bus in Berkeley with a Black Lives Matter banner and a pride flag out front. The second thing I would want to say about this is I'm shocked at the lack of security at the Pelosi house. This is a house owned by a person who is uh, second in line behind the vice president to the presidency. Where's the security? I've had better security than this in the homes that I've lived in. How could this guy break in to a house uh, and, and do the damage he caused to Mr. Pelosi? That's one of the unanswered questions. That then was sort of go to the conspiracy theorists that he was invited in for some reason. (laughs) Yeah, well, 
there's a lot of conspiracy stuff going around. There's still people who uh, think that uh, the CIA was involved, uh, along with the Cubans, in assassinating President Kennedy, that we really didn't go to the moon, that fluoride was a communist plot. So you can always find nutcases out there to promote anything. Yeah, but you see, also what you say about that there should have been better security, but that sort of goes to, well... You know, in other countries, you wouldn't need that type of security. It says something about America that your leading politicians and their spouses aren't safe. Well, it's not just politicians, Matt. I mean, look at the crime wave in New York. We have uh, Lee Zeldin, who's running for governor, against Kathy Hochul, who has made crime the number one issue in New York. And rightly so. People are getting pushed off into subway tracks. They're getting knifed. They're getting stabbed uh, in major cities around America, in Chicago, Los Angeles, San Francisco, the homeless, the violent. Uh, this kind of stuff uh, is, is going on all over the country right now. So it's not just limited to politics and politicians, and it is shameful. Yeah, but Marion McKeown, there is a major issue, though, for the conduct of politics in all of this and the way that some are behaving to using social media and using more established forms of media to spread lies and to almost to justify this and to try and excuse this guy as he's some sort of one off rather than coming from a movement. You know, he's not a one-off. I would absolutely disagree with Cal on that. Uh, this guy clearly has has mental problems or some kind of problems, but he has been radicalised. And if you look at what was on his website, his Facebook post before they were taken down, they're exactly the same as Donald Trump Jr. They're exactly the same as all those MAGA people, Marjorie Taylor Greene. It's all that stuff being recycled and recycled. Uh, and, and it's coming from, well, I, I hesitate to call the top of the Republican Party because I certainly wouldn't consider Marjorie Taylor Greene and her ilk, Paul Gozar, Lauren Bobo at the top, but they're the ones who are getting the attention. They're the ones who are getting on TV with their craze theories, and they're the ones who are attracting guys like this guy. So, and, you know, yes, what was being said, and, you know, it, 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 I'm just going to say it because it's so shocking and so cynical. Uh, it was being reported, and Elon Musk was involved in this, in linking to a tweet from an a, a, rag called the Santa Monica Observer, uh, which I have to tell you is just, it's so crazy that it reported Hillary Clinton was dead um, during her election campaign and she had a body double. Now, you know, that's This, the this makes of, a National Enquirer look a bit sane, doesn't it, this particular exactly, publication? Exactly. But yet Elon Musk tweeted a link to that to suggest that Paul Pelosi had picked up a gay male prostitute and that they'd gotten into a fight because they were drunk. Now, I mean, it is disgusting. And there have been so many snide remarks and chuckles and giggles by Republicans on the campaign trail. Glenn Youngkin, who's supposed to be Mr. Nice Guy, the, the new uh, governor of Virginia, you know, cracking jokes about sending Nancy home to her husband. Carrie Lake on the campaign trail, cracking jokes. You know, Trump Jr., who's just not even worth mentioning. He's so contemptible. But I will pick up on one other thing Cal said. Cal, you spoke about Steve Scalise. Now, I was in Washington, D.C. when that happened. And I remember the outrage from Democrats and the show of solidarity down at the baseball pitch uh, when that game finally went ahead, where all of the Democrats came on with the Republicans. And they, to a person, every single one of them in Congress expressed their revulsion. I'm not seeing that, that now. I'm not seeing anything like that. I see Cal? Mitch McConnell and... Cal, um, Mike Pence, and that's and Liz Cheney, and that's pretty well it. What'd you say to that, Cal? Well, yes, I agree with that. There was a great moment of unity, the same after 9-11 with that uh, wonderful tableau on the Capitol steps. But you, you can't just uh, smear an entire party with this sort of thing. But I do agree with Marion. I think uh, these 
kinds of name calling and jokes are are harmful and really irrelevant to the real problems in America, which are inflation, the the, the gas prices, the food prices, and uh, the, the challenges that China uh, faces us. Uh, look, Ireland has certainly had its share of violence. You look at Northern Ireland, the troubles for many many years there, and uh, this is not limited to the United States, unfortunately. I see your friend, the former Vice President, Mike Pence, is bringing out a memoir on the 15th of November called So Help Me God. Um, What do you expect from that? Do you think would he be brave enough uh, to call out Donald Trump for what he was? Well, according to one of the uh, excerpts that I've read, and I've got a call into him now, I'm trying to do an interview with him for my column and uh, get an advanced copy of the book, uh, he directly links uh, the riot on January 6th, not the demonstrators, who are perfectly uh, legitimate if they were peacefully demonstrating, but the ones who went into the Capitol, caused damage, led to all kinds of other problems. He lays that at the foot of Donald Trump. I think that's tremendously uh, brave of him to do, considering that he might want to run for president, and he's going to need that Trump Republican base if he does. But uh, I view him as a man of integrity. I've known him, as you know, for 40 years, and uh, I think he's done the right thing uh, by saying what he said in this book. Well, if you're talking to him, tell him there's an Irish radio station. I'd be more than happy to talk to him about his uh, memoir as well. Uh, Marion, would you tell me a little bit, please, about a bit of good fortune Donald Trump has had today? Yeah, you know, and and this is inexplicable. I've got to say that at the outset. Uh, Donald Trump, basically the Chief Justice of the Supreme Court, uh, John Roberts, who's who's part of his job is to hear emergency appeals um, from anybody to evaluate them to decide if they should go to a full hearing. Uh, now, Don, uh, uh, John Roberts has put a temporary hold on the handover of Trump's tax records to the Ways and Means Committee. It's a congressional committee that's charged with very powerful committee run by Richie Neal, very good friend to Ireland. A lot of people know him there. Uh, but it's run, it's basically, it's it's probably the most powerful committee in Congress. It writes tax laws. It does a whole lot of things. Now, there is a law that says that the internal revenue shall furnish the returns of any taxpayer, basically to a handful of top lawmakers, which includes the Ways and Means Committee. The law is absolutely clear. It's unambivalent. Two previous courts immediately said they've got to be handed over uh, to the committee, that that there's no issue here. And for some reason, um, inexplicably, John Roberts, the Chief Justice, to his disgrace, I would say, has decided that there is an issue and that he's going to invite um, that he's going to have a hearing. He's going to invite basically the the Ways and Means Committee to respond to Trump's 38-page nonsense brief that he sent into the Supreme Court. And this is going to be held on November 10th, which of course is two days after the midterms. And presumably it will be kicked into touch. And the whole idea, as is the case with two other things before the Supreme Court now, is that these will be delayed. And presumably if the Republicans win control of Congress, all of these things will become moot because they're not going to get Kevin McCarthy is not going to come looking for Donald Trump's tax records. Okay. And I, I, I really think it's it's depressing for one well, for better well, world. Let's just finish briefly, Carl, because we're nearly out of time. I know you want to talk about Jerry Lee Lewis who died last week. A very controversial figure given that he married his 13-year-old cousin while he was still married to someone else. Well, 
that's true, but he was one of the four icons of early rock and roll in the 1950s, along with Elvis Presley, Carl Perkins, and Johnny Cash. I saw all of them perform live except for uh, Carl Perkins. Uh, I saw Lewis along with uh, uh, Little Richard and uh, Chuck Berry at a uh, big theater in Northern Virginia, and he was amazing. I mean, if you... Younger people can look up some of his work on YouTube, and uh, he was a thrilling performer and uh, really a, a unique voice in the uh, foundation of rock and roll music in America and but around the world. Can you separate that from the fact that he married his 13-year-old cousin? <laughs> no, you can't, but uh, that had nothing to do with his music. His music brought him back. I mean, there are a lot of people, look at Elvis and all the affairs he had. Uh, Johnny Cash had his uh, share of them. Uh, there Not have been with 13-year-olds. Yeah, well, that's true. Bad thing, no question about it. But, of course, you know, he was before his time. Today, it would probably be tolerated as a matter of personal choice. I'm not so sure about that. Okay, we leave it there. (laughs) Cal Thomas and Marion McKeown, thank you. The Last Word with Matt Cooper. Weekdays from 4.30. Today,